0: what's up guys it's me aj and you're listening to housewives happy hour with aj what's up everybody i hope you're having a great week uh, with um everything going on in the world (laughs) um and (laughs) yeah that's pretty much it um We've had uh, quite a drama-filled week in the Housewives world, even though it may not seem so. I have dug up lots of tea to share with you today, Um, so let's get right into it. So we are going to start off today with Salt Lake City. Um, If you do watch Salt Lake City, my last week reaction, or this week actually, um, I was so bored. I don't know what it is. I think... um, It's the time, you know, like, by the time that it airs at 10 o'clock, I'm just fucking tired. Like, I'm sorry, but I'm an old guy, and, like, I just want to go to bed. And, um, they air, like, right after Orange County, and it's just already, like, you know, enough at at that time. So I'm just, like, whatever. But anyways, there's lots of drama going on. So, um, I guess a week ago, um, uh, Mary, you know, we all know Mary, um, (laughs) I guess she apparently said, you know, Jesus Christ under her breath or whatever. And so somebody commented on her Instagram. I got this from Instagram. It says, question, as a pastor and first lady, how do you feel about using the Lord's name in vain? Careful how you answer because you use Jesus' name in vain at the luncheon. Um, And then somebody said, like, stop being petty and leave her alone. You're being hella judgmental right now. (laughs) And then Mary said, um, um, hi, thank you for asking Um, Also noticing, I find it a huge no-no to curse God's name in vain. I was raised never to say that. It means you're cursing God. So I can't stand to bear it, but it really bothers me. Thank you for being considerate and asking me. I really find it disrespectful. And then she also said, I can't that saying it hurt... Wait, I I can't that saying it to me is cursing God. It actually hurts my heart. I feel like I haven't heard as much as I have from the other cast of any of the shows in the franchise. It bugs me. I'm being honest, gets under my skin. It's not that serious. I don't really know how to like feel about that response. I mean, okay, personally, I'm not super religious. So I, it's like, I'm not like I'm angry at her, but like, I don't really know how to like respond to that because I, first of all, like she doesn't even know how to like type in proper sentences on Instagram. So like, (laughs) I can't even, I don't even know what she was trying to say or apologize for. So, um, but uh, yeah, that's some tea for you guys. Also speaking of Mary, um, okay, so there was audio that allegedly, you know, was leaked or whatever, um, and I guess she was kind of, Mary was calling her congregation poor and stingy. Um, <laughs> so the quotes are, uh, you're not in church, you think I'm stupid, coming in here draining me, I ain't preaching over y'all's sins, I'm doing everything else, y'all ain't helping. Um... She also said, halfway pay your tips. I got 14 birthday cards, your old old stingy self. Sorry, you old poor people. I don't want no poor people around me. You're poor as hell. And if you ain't poor, you're stingy because you're still poor. God said you was poor, said you're reaping. Where's that scripture, Norman? Okay, I feel like this was taken out of context, but like also, this is like crazy, like. Like why would a pastor say any of this? I mean, she's not swearing, but like she's not saying anything nice about her congregation, so uh I don't know. I feel like this is gonna come up at some point. Uh, maybe it's gonna be come maybe it's gonna come up at the reunion or whatever, but ooh. Alright, and to wrap up with Salt Lake City, I did find a little interview with Heather. Um she was talking with Hollywood Life, um, basically kind of sharing her thoughts on the feud that's playing out um, you know, currently on the show, uh, between Jen and Mary. Um, so, you know, it kind of started out with, um, well, it started out with the whole hospital thing, and then now it's gone on to this whole thing of Jen calling her a grandfather, mf or whatever. Um, and, um, I don't know why I said MF-er. I mean, I could say motherfucker on here. I don't know, but, um, Heather said, it happened, and it was just, it made me sick. It made me sad because someone says that, and it's not untrue, but it's also unkind. Uh, When she yelled it, I didn't hear it, but I heard from everyone else that she just yelled it, and so I didn't have that kind of bucket of water in the face reaction. But I felt the energy, and it just went, it shifted. Um, And that was the first time anyone in our group had really turned. Shots fired, as Lisa would say. It's also horrific, and it's, it's mixed, and you want to just... Um, you want to just be out there. You want to pull it back and you want to fix, uh, you want to fix it. Um, I guess... Heather was also asked to, like, pick a side, and she said, um, I'm always drawn to the underdog, and I want to discover more about Mary, and I want her to feel safe to express who she is, and so I feel like Jen feels very safe in expressing who she is, and she knows that I love her, and I am loyal to her, but you'll see, it starts to get harder for me to walk that line, because it's difficult in a group of friends to take a stand, but pledge loyalty to opposing forces, um... I'm Austria. I am Austria. I am supplementary, less well known, foreign country. I'm not picking sides. If I were to pick a side, I would pick Mary's. Not out of shade to Jen, but it's dead. Let's bury it. When you're dead, lie down. Now it's getting so convoluted with intent and what was going on, and it's it could have been just a comment that became a wildfire. And we have to allow our friends a little bit of leaning against the latitude. I definitely Heather is super well spoken. I, I completely agree with her. Um, I don't know if this is going to cause an issue, but I think her response was really good because, um, you know, obviously she's really close with Jen and I feel like Jen is, like, all about this diehard loyalty, but in this situation, Jen is just taking it a little bit too far, in my opinion. And so um, I definitely more agree with Heather. Um, And, um, yeah, I mean, this whole feud has just gone on way too long. It really has. And, um it's it's kind of like um, uh, what Heather Dubrow said on Orange County years ago that stuck with me. If every you know you have to take a moment to look around you. If everybody else is saying you're dead, it's time to lie down. You know, like if it's if it's if this is gonna go on for this long, then you gotta you gotta put it to bed. So um, yeah, I hope this gets wrapped up soon, but honestly, it doesn't look like it will be. So um, moving on to Atlanta, I know I talked briefly last week uh, about. Kenya's appearance on Wendy Williams because she was asked a question about her and Kanye West. Um, However, I did, I was able to find a, um, that same interview, I was able to find a clip of her talking about her current status with Mark, her um, husband or soon to be ex-husband, whatever. Um, And so this is what she said. She said, we were trying to navigate this whole thing with us being separated and the fact that we have a young, young child together. Um, our, our priority is always going to be Brooklyn and I put her first. And if that means that we have to celebrate Thanksgiving together or Christmas together or throw her birthday parties together, then that's what it'll be because she is everything to me and I would sacrifice anything for her. Um, and she was also asked if she was still in love with Mark. Um, and she kind of explained that their relationship is constantly evolving is what she said. And she said, uh, we were headed down the road of divorce and you'll have to watch the show to figure out where we end up. Um, But with Mark, I'll always have love for him because he gave me the most beautiful gift that anyone could have given me in my entire life. And that's Brooklyn. Um, Okay, so then in a separate interview um, is when she got a little bit more candid about, you know, her marriage. Um, And this is with um, Essence, I believe. Um, So she was asked what's the biggest conflict between her and Mark. And she said... um, The biggest issue and what I found early on in the marriage is the lack of respectful communication. I am very big on talking and not fighting and just explaining things so we can get to an understanding. Um, He has not that same mindset. If someone is hurting, um, a lot of times they express themselves in kind of a disrespectful way versus a way that is conducive to getting an understanding. For me, that doesn't work. When it comes to someone that I love, I don't hit below the bell. I don't fight people that I love. I know it may... Sorry, I know it may be hard to believe because I'm on this show and I don't mind going up against these girls. But when it comes to my family, I don't do that. That's kind of been a major factor in our relationship that makes me shut down. I just will not tolerate a certain type of communication. Um, She also went on and said, I've been on TV and on reality TV for a long time, but he has not. So when he hears other people in his circle say things or insert their opinions, that might make him feel a very different way. Um, it might make him angry that he is not pre- presenting his best self, and that that can be frustrating. He's not the star, he has my support system, and it's not something that he really wants to do, but he allowed himself to be on TV to support me, but at the same time, he has to take accountability for his behavior. If you are angry or disappointed, that needs to be addressed and not acted out on camera. Um, He's struggling to strike a balance between supporting his wife and doing something that he doesn't really want to do. It's not his nature, he doesn't really love the spotlight, but here he is married to somebody who is in the spotlight. Um, How do we make it work for our family without tearing our family apart? I mean, that's just one layer to it. Uh, We're not even adding in issues that a newlywed couple would have, or a couple that, you know, trying to make a long distance marriage work with businesses in multiple cities, and we're not adding those intricate layers to uh, um, you know the batch, so it's complicated. Um, this interview, the reason I saved it was because it makes a lot of sense to me. Cause I was just like, I felt like there was a piece missing to her marriage that we like weren't seeing. And I knew that Mark was kind of hesitant about being on reality TV, obviously, because when she started dating him, he wasn't on the show at all. And you know, everybody thought he was fake and I never thought he was fake, but, um, I was just, I was kind of like, this seems kind of like a red flag to me because then again, you don't want someone to just jump on the show and be like 100%, you know, because that makes them seem like an opportunist, right? But um, uh, with Mark, I feel like, um, you know, he's just a very private person, and that's that's understandable, but at the same time, you know, if you're going to open yourself up and be on on the show, you're going to have to be open to that criticism. Um, This is um, a very tough show. This can be a very tough show for marriages. I mean, I've seen throughout all the franchises, marriages come and go, and um, relationships come and go, for that matter. And um, I think one of the biggest things that's hard is because when when these couples fight on this show, everybody inserts their opinion, and you have to be open to hearing that. And I mean, even what Kenya just said about like how some of his friends were even inserting their opinions. It's like you want to be the perfect husband, you want to be the perfect wife, because you're on the sh- you're on the show, and people are watching you, and that's just what you want to portray, right? Um, but it's hard. So I, I definitely understand their struggles. I All I can say is, like, I don't like the way that Mark talks to her most of the time. So I hope that maybe he's worked on that a little bit. And I'm really interested to watch their journey together on the show this season. I hope that they get to work out some things. Because I am rooting for them at the end of the day. But um, it doesn't look too good for them. Um, and, um, yeah, it would be nice for them to work it out. But I don't know. It just doesn't look too good for them. Moving on to New Jersey, I do have a... I found an interview... I think it was on a podcast... Um, no, it's just a Q&A interview... Um, with Bravo Afterthoughts... Um, and it was... Um, this is New Jersey... Um, Jacqueline Lorita, If you guys remember her... Um, God, she was such a pain in the ass... When she was on the show... Um, especially her last moments on the show... Um, anyway, she basically... Recently revealed how she feels... About the current cast... And then she kind of shaded... Uh, Melissa in the process... So... Um, <laughs> Despite giving compliments to the other cast members, um, you know, during the interview. So she said, um, last season I watched the first three episodes and then the reunions because I feel like I don't have time to watch TV, but the reunions kind of tell me the whole story from the whole season, so I try to catch the reunions. That's the best part. Um, So surprisingly, despite their fallout, um, Jacqueline was like praising um, Teresa um, admitting that she's always good TV, um, and said um, she couldn't say the same. You know, she couldn't say the same for Melissa. She said, "I don't really know Melissa's purpose on the show. Um, I mean, she looks good." Um, <laughs> so then she also noticed how the women are, quote unquote, aware of the cameras um, these days, and kind of knows what the, what kind of drama to bring. Um, so it doesn't. It seems like they're just playing to the cameras. She said, I just wish people would be more themselves and say that what they're really thinking and what they're feeling. I feel like everyone is not really being honest and true to themselves. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting. I think if everyone just kept it real, then it would be like an even better show, you know? Um, and then she revealed if she <laughs> uh, would ever come back to the show, and because she moved to Vegas, just so if you guys don't know, she moved to Las Vegas. Um, she said, no, I think... I love it here, and I think that I'm over that show. It just became so toxic and stressful all the time, and I just think that in this stage of my life, I was ready to pass the torch to someone else and move on. Um, I, I don't really need, think that she needs to come back. Yeah, I, I don't really think, like... I feel like Jacqueline, like, made it toxic, honestly. Like, you know, I don't know these women personally, but, like, I feel like she was one of those people who, like... She didn't even want the reconciliation of Melissa and Teresa. Like She was so against that and it was just... I I don't know. Um, But her... The fallout of her and Teresa was like so bad and it was... You could tell it was real um, and it was just... Yeah, that was terrible. Um, Also, I don't really know what she's talking about because I feel like the New Jersey women are not afraid to say anything that's on their mind. Teresa isn't. Melissa isn't. um, Jackie isn't. Uh, Jennifer. Yeah, like, no one's afraid to say what's on their mind. And last season was, like, epic. I mean, with all the Danielle drama, like, that was so much... that was so much. Like, I I, I don't feel like that was played for the cameras at all. I mean, Teresa was caught in a fat-ass lie. So, I mean, I don't know. I just... I I don't know what she's talking about, to be honest. (laughs) Okay, so moving on real quick um, to Beverly Hills. Okay. I know that you guys are... Still talking about this, because this is just so crazy. Um, every day there's like something new that comes out with Erica and Tom's divorce. So, um, I did pull this one article, um, and it says, According to court documents obtained by Us Weekly, um, Tom Girardi um, was secretly hospitalized for a serious illness in the recent months. Um So, Keith Griffin, who is an attorney at um, Tom's firm, claimed in court on Monday, December 14th, that he was unavailable in recent weeks due to a serious illness that caused him to be hospitalized, for which he sought treatment. Um, Obviously, amid this whole fraud case. Um, Per these documents, um, Tom couched everything related in the case in July due to his illness, which caused him to be away from his firm for several weeks. And then he also cited his hospitalization as the cause of the mistake of not getting some of, sorry, I'm reading this, of not getting some of the families paid in full. Um, I'm also reading, so then also the Los Angeles Times reported that one of Tom's recently hired attorneys, Evan Jennis, told the judge on Monday that he did not want to assist them in preparing for the hearing, um, which Tom attended over the phone. Um, he said I'm unsure that he understands either the nature or the gravity of the current situation Jen, um, this is what Janice told the judge um, noting that they wanted Tom to go through a mental examination um, during this hearing the judge froze Tom's assets so um, oh my god so um, previously that was reported um, Tom has been accused of embezzling at least two million dollars in client funds that were due to the families of those killed in the crash of a Boeing jet in Indonesia in 2018. Um, so Keith Griffin told the court that he could not elaborate on why such an amount was still owed to certain clients or what the status of the remaining settlement proceeds um, was because Tom is the sole equity owner of his firm um, with, sole and exclusive, with sole and exclusive control over the firm's bank accounts, including its clients', clients trust accounts. Um, God, guys, this is such a fucking mess. Like, I know everybody wants this to be brought up on the show, but I don't feel like everything is going to be brought up on the show, only because I just feel like this is, like, such a mess. And um, I'm going to be... I'm going to be honest. I don't even know, like, what Erica is going to share. I, I, I don't see her sharing much. So um I guess we're going to have to wait and see. But, like, guys, this is, like, a crazy divorce. Like, it's not even about Erica and Tom anymore. It's about what the hell is going on with Tom? Like, I feel like he's going to be fucking broke. All right. And lastly, we'll finish off with um, uh, Orange County. So um, Emily uh, was recently on the Daily Dish podcast with Bravo, and she was kind of talking about, um, you know, what it was like with her whole family contracting COVID. Um, So, oh, I didn't know that her kids got it too. Anyways, um, so it says that Emily, along with her household, was diagnosed in, in July. Um, and she said, I just want to say, I do not know how I, how I was exposed, but I do want to make it clear that I followed guidelines. I guess it comes down to, even if you follow all the rules and do everything correctly, you can still get it. Um, and then she said that her kids didn't experience any symptoms, but that she experienced symptoms like um, headaches, fatigue, and body aches. Um, Shane, however, who we saw on the show... Um, eventually had to be hospitalized and he spent like eight days in the hospital because uh, his condition was just getting worse. Um, his symptoms were like vomiting, blood, high fevers, difficulty breathing. Um, so Emily said, I dropped him off at the ER and I didn't know what to do. I sat in the parking lot in my car for hours. It was such a weird time. Um, she also said that at one point he told her while he was at the hospital um, that he was uh, put on breathing tubes and um, And Shane and her were just unsure if he would recover, and they were preparing themselves for all the scenarios. She said it was a complete nightmare. I felt like there was a couple times I was on the brink of a nervous breakdown. Um, It was more than one person could handle. I remember Gina calling Gina a couple times... Or I remember calling Gina a couple times bawling. Um, And she also said that Shannon, who also confirmed that she had COVID, supported her as well um, while she was dealing with her family's COVID situation. And Emily said the only thing I can say is when they talk about mom strength as a mom you do it um, yeah that's crazy about her and her family I mean I you know obviously you know I talked about this on my orange counter reaction but it kind of it kind of hit everybody in different forms right so not everybody got that sick some people got really sick so it just goes to show you the realities of the situation and um, you know obviously we're glad that they've made full recoveries and they're they're better and safe. Alright, so I'm going to finish off with this fucking mess that I found. Um, So ever since, I think it was two episodes ago, when Bronwyn kind of came out um, and said that she had, you know, lashed out and physically hurt her husband twice uh, when she was drunk. Um, Once when she was drunk and once when she was not drunk, I believe. Um, I could be wrong. but um, So ever since that was released on the episode... Everybody's been going completely insane. Um, she got a lot of backlash on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, so I'm, I'm going to read... I'm going to start off here. Um, so she... Bronwyn was... T- you know, she went on her Instagram stories to kind of react to all the backlash she got. Um, and, um, yeah, it's basically... okay, let me see here. So in, in the clip on her story, she was basically... Um, Admitted that she had been crying over the comments that she'd received after revealing that she had hit her husband amid her sobriety battle. Um, And something that one of the quotes she said in there, or I, oh, I have all the quotes right here. She said, I probably shouldn't do this, but I shouldn't, uh, but I shouldn't do a lot that I put out there. So I'm going to do it anyways. Um, I've been crying all morning because of the comments um, were so much worse than I anticipated. Um, Getting sober was hard for me at least three days in Aspen um, oh, at least three days sober in Aspen, I was trying to drink and Sean stopped me and I lashed out and it was ugly. And then another time during quarantine, I was sitting there with a bottle of wine and Sean was trying to stop me. And once again, I lashed out. Um, she, uh, she also went on to say, I'm trying to tell the sobriety story as honestly as I can, that it's not been easy, that I have had moments where I was very close to relapsing and to see how hard you guys keep in mind, I'm Still only sixty days sober when we're watching the show. It was hard for me, and I'm sorry if you guys don't like that. It's hard for me, but it was, and my behavior was atrocious. Um, and then following those Instagram stories, her husband came out and said um, he he came to her defense um, on uh, Twitter. And said, I love my wife. On two occasions, I was the last defense between her and a bottle. It's disgusting to see some comments from her so-called friends that pretend to know anything about our relationship attacking her rather than showing an ounce of support. Um, So he he shared that on Twitter as well as Instagram. And then he also shared a black and white photo of them holding hands. Um... And he praised his wife, and he said, Your honesty will never cease to amaze me, even when done at your own expense. Hashtag changing lives. Okay, so, let's talk about this portion real fast. Um, just to, like, piggyback off of some of her words, I don't think it's that, um... I mean, I know she's being honest with her story, but she has to know, you know, that she was going to get some backlash, and I know she said that, um... The comments were so much worse than she anticipated. I mean, hitting your husband, like and beating him, is not like. I mean, it's domestic abuse. Whether it's you know male on female or female on male, it's still domestic abuse. So um, and it sounds like one of the times she was sober, um, she was trying to drink wine and he tried to stop her. So, um, I mean, obviously Sean's okay because he supports her. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, guys you have to expect this kind of reaction, right? It's not like people are going to be like, oh, well, yeah, he deserved to be hit or whatever. Like, no, it's... Her her behavior was atrocious, and we know that now, you know? Okay, so then, to continue this... Um, so, y'all know that, you know, the Housewives are required to tweet during the episodes. Um, I don't... Actually, I don't know if they're required to tweet, but I know they're required to keep a blog. But I think that they need to be active on Twitter during the, the airing of the season. So, um... Emily basically was, like, slamming Bronwyn on Twitter, um, after Bronwyn had admitted, you know, of her hitting her husband a few times. Um, so, uh, this is what Emily's tweet said. She said, tonight on Real Housewives of Orange County, Bronwyn excuses her behavior by acting like a victim of the people, um, and circumstances around her. Not to be confused by previous episodes where she excused her behavior by acting like the victim of the people and circumstances around her. Um, So that was what she tweeted, and then um, some commenters um, kind of, like, sub-tweeted underneath Emily and said, That's very nice of you guys to say about someone clearly dealing with shit. Shit none of y'all are dealing with. Congrats on being heartless bullies. Nobody said Bronwyn is perfect. She's wrong a lot, but she has a reason. I don't judge or add negativity. I support slash love. And then... um, Uh, Emily tweeted to that and said, I support slash love too. I don't support physical abuse, let, let alone in front of children. Yeah. See, I agree with Emily here. Like, um, you know, that it was just a terrible situation. And, uh, I, you know, I know that she's going through stuff, but again, it's, it's, you know, she's putting it out there and this is why I feel like, um, you know, it's hard to be on a reality show because you're going to have all these differing opinions, especially from your friends, you know, I mean, it's, it's not right. So, um, Uh, Someone else commented, um, that Emily has zero understanding of what she is going through and zero room to judge. A parent striking another, um, and in front of kids. I'm going to speak my opinion. Um, so, um, yeah, and then Bronwyn did admit in the episode, uh, that she hit her husband, um, after he made fun of her for not being able to get the vacuum cleaner to work. (laughs) So, um, Bronwyn said, um, I lost it. I lost my temper again. Sean belittled me over the vacuum cleaner. It's not working. I can't get the charger to work. Instead of helping me, he made fun of me, and I lost it, and I smacked him. I haven't done that since we were in Aspen on vacation. Um, And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just... Okay, so then she also went on to say, I hit him across the face, and I hit him hard. I wanted to go drink. I was angry, and I was lashing out. I felt... I, I feel trapped in my house. I feel trapped in my marriage emotionally and physically. Um, so meanwhile, <laughs> while all this was happening, uh, when Bronwyn was like responding to the accusations or not accusations, but she was responding to this whole thing. Um, Bronwyn was then forced to respond to the accusations that Kelly was making about her mental health. Uh, because Kelly went on Twitter and, uh, multiple tweets on Sunday and, um, some of them are still visible on her account, but there was one she deleted, um, and I, I have the one that she deleted because I was like, "Oh my God, I'm not gonna miss this shit." So Kelly said, "I'm not, I'm not going to blame for. Oh wait, I'm not going to be blamed for her mental disorders, alcoholism, cheating, violence, and her children being depressed. She's been in a 5150 hold. Haven't they learned anything? F- anything from Taylor Armstrong's late husband? Clean up your own house. Get help. Stop blaming others." Okay, so what Kelly's referring to is on early seasons of Taylor, or I'm sorry, on early seasons of Beverly Hills, there was um, Taylor Armstrong was a housewife, and her husband and her were having domestic abuse issues, and she had reached out to one of the housewives and confided in them. I think it was Kyle, and then she denied it when the women were confronting her and helping her about it. She denied it on camera because you know obviously she was scared. She didn't know. Um, we didn't truly know the the severity of the situation. And then her husband ended up killing himself, um, from, I I don't remember exactly what, I think maybe it was financial issues, maybe it was the fact that he was a woman beater, I don't really know, but that was what had happened. So that's what Kelly's referring to. Um, so then on Tuesday, so Kelly tweeted this on Sunday, then on Tuesday, Braun went on her Instagram story and kind of addressed the claims, um, and so she said, um, good morning. So once again, I'm waking up, reading some stuff, and honestly, there's certain people I work with that I'm shocked how much they get away with. Um, how many lies they're allowed to tell, how it seems like nothing really happens. Um, I just want to clear something up. I've never been on a 5150 hold. That's a lie. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, you know, when I needed help 10 years ago, I checked myself in. Uh so that's a different situation, but 5150 holds are good for people who need them. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in mental health issues. Um And, um, yeah, that, that was like what she was saying. It was like all over her Instagram stories. Um, so then after Bronwyn spoke out, then Kelly came back (laughs) and tweeted, um, you said it on camera at Lake Arrowhead. The others heard it too, uh, lying then or lying now, pick one. Um, she did say that on camera, by the way. Um, so, so Kelly did delete the tweet that referenced the, um, you know, uh, the reference Taylor Armstrong and her you know, who had accused her late husband of abuse. Um, But then uh, Bronwyn's husband came to her defense um, in a message that was captured and shared by um, Instagram account Reality TV and me. Um, So I think this was... I I think, I don't really know who this was sent to, but this is what Sean had said. Uh, She is an amazing person and mom. If she wasn't, I wouldn't be here for her For so many years and children. I am so happy she is sober. The first couple months of sobriety suck. And that's what the world saw. It's so, so much better now. Since they both happened right at the onset of sobriety and never before or after. I really feel like it was the alcohol disease and not her. It was her absolute low. Um, and her reminder that she can't drink. I have it in that context. She really should have gone to detoxed rehab instead of doing this on her own with her toxic castmates trying to get her to drink instead of supporting her. Um, yeah, that's so that was the end. Kelly hasn't commented. So, um, oh my god, guys. So that was like this long chain of like everything. I don't feel like it's people that are judging her. So, so here's where I think everybody's getting it wrong. Um, or when I say everybody, I mean Sean and Bronwyn. I don't think that everybody's, like, making fun of her sobriety and not, you know, a- and, you know, questioning the the severity of her situation or anything. I don't think it's that. I think it's that she's going back and forth and she's choosing when and where she wants to play the victim. And, um, it's, it's just not making sense. Like, even last, you know, last episode, she was just being so hypocritical, um saying that she didn't want to talk about Shannon behind her back, but then she she was digging up all this shit on Elizabeth and saying, Well, it's just not adding up. And it's like, that's not an that's not an excuse. Like so it's like I think with when she's like kinda she's deflecting, but she's also choosing when to you know, when to be the victim and I think that's what's frustrating the other ladies. Um and just bottom line, like physical abuse is not okay. So I think if you're gonna put that out there, you have to know that you're gonna get some backlash. I mean it's not like your friends are gonna be like yeah, I mean, like you should have hit Sean. I mean, you're going out and you're, you know, you're tr- you're trying not to drink. Like, no, I mean, I, you know, obviously sobriety and recovering from an addiction is hard, but that's no excuse for a, a physical abuse. So, I mean, if Sean and Bronwyn want to make excuses for that, then that's fine. But other people don't have to just subside and say, oh yeah, that's right. You know, um, so obviously she's going through a lot. But you know, at the same time, you know, you're you have to expect some backlash from that. Well, my friends, we have reached the end of After Hour Tea. I hope you enjoyed it. I am out of breath from all that tea and all that drama. Um, We've had a crazy week in Housewives World with everything going on. Um, You know, we got all this Erica and Tom drama. We had this whole blow-up fight with Kelly and Bronwyn on Instagram and Twitter and all this shit. So um, I hope you guys are enjoying some of these shows so far. Um, Some quick updates for you guys. I think we're going to be getting a trailer for New Jersey um, in January. I think that's what I saw on Twitter from Andy. Also in January, we'll have the premiere of Dallas, I believe January 5th. Um, Yeah, January 5th. Um, And yeah, that's all I wanted to come on here and say. Um, But other than that, um, next week there will be no After hour Tea because it'll be Christmas. Um, Whether you celebrate or not, I hope you have a wonderful holiday. Um, I will still be posting my reactions for Potomac... Atlanta, Orange County, and Salt Lake, but there will be no After Hour Tea next week, um, just because it's normally on Fridays. Um, So anyways, I hope you all have a safe, happy weekend, um, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you liked it, please subscribe so you know when the new episodes are here. As always, send me a voice message if you have any questions or any drama you'd like me to address. Follow me on Instagram at AJ Jafari for updates on the podcast. Until next time, this was Housewives Happy Hour with AJ.